Hello, and welcome back to Self-Healing After Trauma. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Asher Beckwith, and Kimberly Ward is here as well. So thank you all for tuning in today. And last time we talked about signs of unhealthy boundaries. And today we would like to talk about some signs of having healthy boundaries. Now, before we get started, we want to remind you all that if you are not currently in relationships that have these boundaries and have more unhealthy boundaries, that it's okay to be compassionate with yourself. You're not, we're, we're not intending for you to shame or blame or any of these things um, to yourself. We want you to be very gentle with yourself and just realize that these are skill sets, as we said in our prior episode, that can be developed and you can work towards these things. But it's okay and to be compassionate with yourself as you are learning to acquire this skill set. Mm -hmm. So as you're listening today, please keep that in mind and be gentle with yourself again. So I am going to turn it over to Kimberly to talk about the healthy boundaries. Yeah, let's review some of the signs of very healthy boundaries. When we're in a space, we're able to enforce healthy boundaries. We respond appropriately in different environments and different relationships. And part of that is also respecting the structure of the culture or society that you're in, because there's different cultural and society boundaries in different places in the world, right? So we are, are mindful of the different environments and different relationships. And we have appropriate trust, trust in ourselves, first and foremost. Um, we reveal a little bit of ourself at a time, instead of just sharing everything with everyone, we reveal a little bit at a time, and we check in to see how the other person is responding to our sharing. So again, different boundaries in different situations. So one person might not be able to handle a lot at one time. So having a healthy boundary would be to check in to see how the other person is responding. And we move slowly into intimacy. We move step by step into in intimacy instead of just jumping right into a brand new relationship. Maintaining personal values despite what other people want. Some of us have patterns where we give others what we think they want at the expense of ourself. And that's an unhealthy boundary. So a healthy boundary is to maintain our personal values, even if the other person wants something else from you. Staying focused on your own growth, concentrating on your own pleasures and experiences, rather than totally focusing and monitoring on the reactions of other people. Noticing when someone else displays inappropriate boundaries. That can be hard for people that have been uh, violated, that we don't notice when somebody is being inappropriate. Noticing when someone invades your boundaries. Saying no to food, gifts, touch, sex, really anything that you don't want. So a healthy boundary is the ability to say no to those things that you don't want. And asking someone before touching them, respecting others, not taking advantage of someone's generosity. So not, not letting other people take advantage of you, but you also not taking advantage of their generosity. 
not allowing someone to take advantage of your generosity. Oh, I just said that, right? Self-respect, not giving too much in hopes that somebody will like you. Trusting your own decisions, defining your truth as you see it, recognizing your friends and partners are not mind readers. They don't know your truth. You have to share it. Clearly communicating your wants and needs while recognizing and accepting that they might not be met, but being willing to make the request anyway. Becoming your own loving parent and talking to yourself with generous gentleness, humor, love, and respect. So that's a pretty thorough list there of what is a healthy boundary. Yeah, so Kimberly, so many of these things resonate with me. And mm -hmm. these are a lot of skills that I have had to learn through my healing journey. And I'm still continuing to work on. I mean, nobody's perfect. We are all still works in progress. And these are things that I'm still becoming aware of. And so some of the things that really stick out to me is this whole idea of, you know, physically or even emotionally, like violating other people's boundaries, right? Or intruding on other people's boundaries, what, whatever way you would, would like to phrase that. And mm -hmm. so for me, I, having been somebody who has lived through and survived sexual abuse, I tend to struggle a lot with touch, especially touch from strangers and or even people who are close acquaintances, but not necessarily partners or, um, you know, or really good friends or things. And so I tend to struggle if I haven't seen somebody in a while and they, you know, they want to come and they want to give you a hug. And and I think that's so lovely and nice. And I love that. And also I struggle with that because the whole touch piece can be really pretty challenging. Mm -hmm. And so what I have adopted is before I touch anyone, even if it's someone I haven't seen in a while, you know, like my best friend, okay, that's different, right? But uh, more of an acquaintance, I'll say, may I give you a hug, you know, or may I shake your hand uh, or even may I give you a high five, right? If it's people like on my daughter's um, volleyball team or things. And so I think being really cognizant of that is very, very helpful. And along those lines, emotionally, I've also noticed that there are some, some boundaries too in terms of asking people. And this is something that I think that folks do frequently. Like we all want to be there and we want to help someone when they're going through something. And so the first, at least for me, knee-jerk reaction is to offer some kind of solution or some kind of way to help them out of whatever the problem is that they are going through. And so emotionally, we tend to offer our opinions or advice without that being solicited from the other person. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I've struggled with quite a bit because I want to go and fix the world. That's part of my pattern is to fix everybody, right? And I have learned that it is not my job, nor is it my responsibility 
to fix anyone, that people are inherently responsible for their own selves and their own emotions. And I can provide support, but that doesn't mean fixing, right? Because fixing is oftentimes, or at least in my experience, it's also enabled as well. And so for me, what I have recently learned how to do is to say, may, would you like support around that issue? Mm-hmm. Would you like, would you like um, for me to offer my opinion? Would you like for me to comment? Um, or what is it that you need right now? Do you want me to just listen? Would it be better for you if I just listen? Or do you want me to provide my thoughts? Any of those kinds of messages yeah. have been really helpful. And I've noticed that people have done it with me as well. And I... I tend to, I tend to find it annoying, but I also respect it too, right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Yes, you can offer it. Go ahead, <laughs> come on, offer it. You know, but also there are times that I don't want to hear it. I just want to be able to vent, and that's it. So, right. I think keeping those boundaries in mind. Well, it it is a boundary. It's the unsolicited um, hug, the unsolicited advice, the unsolicited. Um, you know, trying to fix. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the boundary. So I think it is so important to check in with somebody. You know, just the other day, I was working with a client um, who was having some relational issues with his wife, and and they have a rule that they ask each other when there's something coming up. Do you want to be heard? Do you mm-hmm. want a hug, or do you want help? Wow, that's I beautiful. love that. Do you want to be heard? Just go ahead and say what you need to say. Do you want me to help you with that? Or do you just want to hug? Aww. I'm going to use that moving forward. Isn't that great? And I have no idea where this person got that. It, it, and it might be our listeners have heard that before, but I just love it. It's a simple way to honor boundaries and just to be curious and ask, what is it that you need? Because those three things are kind of the buckets right? We need some love and affection or a hug. We need just to be heard or seen, or maybe we do need some help with it. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want help. I just want to be heard. The three H's. I love it. Yeah. It's a great tool, right? And and it helps to enforce the boundaries, your boundaries as the giver and the receiver's boundaries as well. Absolutely. And I think within all of that too, just realizing, and I know for me, it was it was really pertinent in my recovery to realize that other people's emotions are not my responsibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as someone who has been in a place where, you know, feeling like I have to fix or help or do or take on the emotional weight of others in relationship with me, that was a huge, huge aware piece of awareness and also step in my healing process to only take responsibility for myself. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we are responsible to our fellow human beings to be respectful, but we are not responsible for their reactions. Right. The world. Exactly. Right? So to let go of that, give them back the power of their own experience. Yeah. And not try to take on their pain or to take on 
their frustration or anger. It's theirs. It's right. not ours to take. No. And that's a boundary. Yeah. And and I know many of us that have a trauma history are incredibly empathic and sensitive. And so we want to, we want people to feel good and feel better. So we will inadvertently uh, subconsciously take in their feelings, their energy, their sadness to try and make it better. And we don't often even know we're doing it. So that's an energetic boundary. Right. And a decision that we make that I am not responsible for their experience. Mm -hmm. One of the boundaries is I'm going to be authentic in my truth and I'm going to keep mine to myself and share, but I'm not going to spew all over them. I'm going to hold my stuff and I'm going to sense their stuff and I'm not going to let their stuff in and I'm not going to overgive of my stuff. And, and, and if you think about it, for me, it's been easiest as I work on boundaries in relationship, it's easier for me to start with thinking of my own energetic boundary. What's me and what's you literally like yeah. here's where I am and I end here's where you start. And if there's merging, that's not healthy. Right. Yeah. We, we can bump up against each other and be in connection, but we don't want to be merged so right. for me having the energetic sense of where i am and where i end and where you are that really helps me maintain relational boundaries if i can feel myself first and be clear on what's mine then i can stop taking in yours or stop overgiving of mine more easily. So I encourage people that maybe struggle with boundaries to just start by thinking of it as an energy boundary and a skin boundary, right? Your skin is a boundary, a natural boundary, right? Our skin, we don't merge our skin. We might touch our skin. So a healthy boundary can start simply with your own energy and your own skin. Feel me, not me. Yeah. And I think something that's really, I think that's really important for people who are um, going through the healing journey and who have been exposed to trauma. And also I know for me, I felt like I must had to manage other people's responses to mm -hmm. things because then that would help me to be able to survive, right? So especially in the cases where there was violence involved, mm -hmm. that where I had to manage and I was fearful of those people's reactions because then I was afraid that I would get hurt yeah. and that then it would come back to me if I said something that was, um, you know, out of line with what they wanted me to say. Mm -hmm. And even in those cases, it's still not your responsibility to take on other people's emotions and try to manage those emotions. Yeah. Yeah. It is so, important to keep yourself safe, right? But but right. it is not your responsibility to take on their emotions. Right. Right. What we we learn as children in unsafe environments that sometimes it's safer if we are more aware of the other person's experience and we we get the idea often out of need 
to overly give of ourselves or overly take care of somebody so that we stay safe, right? Yeah. I am safer if I make sure you're okay. If I make sure mom's okay, or if I make sure dad's okay, then I'll be safe. And then what happens is we forget, or we don't even learn how to see if we're okay. We don't, we, some of us get into this pattern of overgiving and we don't even have a sense of our own needs because we were so busy making sure everybody else was okay to stay safe that, that our needs were secondary to safety. Mm -hmm. right? First and foremost, we have to make sure we're safe. So we get into patterns that keep us safe. And then as we get older, we start realizing that's not working out so well for us. Right. So we've got to learn to take care of ourselves and have boundaries. And how do you do that if you don't know what a healthy boundary is? Well, like you listen to podcasts like this and you learn what a healthy boundary is and you start to see what a healthy boundary is and isn't. And you start with one. And again, I really, I suggest that you start feeling me, not me. What is me? What is right. mine versus what is theirs? And for some people, this is really hard, Asher. This can be really hard because we are in a trauma pattern of protecting ourselves by sensing you and anticipating your needs. So I might think that I am um, having healthy boundaries and taking care of myself because taking care of you is safe, but that's right. not necessarily really the best thing for you. Right. And it's also, I know in my experience, and I've been through this road in many different fronts um, growing up, and then also, you know, in a domestic partner kind of situation. And this is also really crucial for folks who are going through domestic violence, right? Mm -hmm. To understand that it is not your responsibility to take on their emotions and to internalize those emotions because i know for me it it was almost like a they would say something and then it, it became almost like a part of me it became so ingrained in my head and then i would have these thoughts and things about myself and then i took them on as though they were my own and mm -hmm. then i would have to you know defend or try to manage or try to um you know and not tuning into me everything to not tune into me, but to tune into them because I was so fearful for my existence in many of these situations because it was threatening, whether on a verbal level or a physical level or a sexual level, it was, it was your spiritual level, you know, it was threatening. So I prioritized that over my own needs. And then once I started going through that whole process of really starting to listen to myself, it was fascinating because I, and actually I'll just share this. I was, I was in uh, EMDR, which is a certain kind of therapy session one day. And I started to, to realize and see all of these core beliefs and things that I had about myself. I had internalized those things from other people. And what I soon realized was that that was their projections of their insecurities and their issues that they were putting on to me. And then I felt like I had to, you know, maintain to keep the calm and everything so that I wouldn't get hit or hurt or, you know, sexually violated or whatever it was. Right. And so I had to go into this like defensive place 
and stay and live in that place as opposed to listening to who I am. So part of my recovery journey was literally giving it back to them. I literally like took it. I saw myself just like taking it out of me and just giving it back to them. I was like, get out of me. It was like a deep excavation. And I, I do this periodically of like internally and then just really feeling into I can tell the difference between what is mine and what is theirs. Because when it's theirs, I'm clenching my jaw. My body is telling me this is not this is not yours. I'm clenching my fists. I'm clenching my jaws. I'm, my stomach goes into contortions and all kinds of issues. And, and then when it really is me, then my body relaxes and then I feel much better. So that's one of the ways that I've been able to distinguish between like, what is me? What is my skin versus what is somebody else trying to put on me mm-hmm. that doesn't feel right? Yeah. And it, it's a skill and yeah. um, it's a, it's a challenging skill for people that have a trauma pattern and that, that are wired in to a defensive pattern because of abuse or yeah. assault. Right. So it takes time and it takes, we call it that, that sacred pause, give yourself the time to slow down and pay attention and start to make sense of what's happening internally for you and do it all the time. You've got to practice it. It doesn't come instantaneously. If we have these patterns of not sensing ourselves, but being more um, attuned to the other person and their needs, it takes a lot of practice to be able to attune internally to ourselves. So you got to be really nice to yourself and really patient and just give yourself that time and space to slow down, tune into what is mine Mm-hmm. and what's yeah. not mine and it can be very confusing at first it can be very confusing because we take on other people's stuff to feel safe often yeah and so it's threatening that part of us to let it go right so you know it takes practice so be gentle with yourself as you work through this but we've talked about this before the capacity to notice and name what's happening Right. So it takes that that time, slow down, close your eyes, go internally focused. What is happening to me? Right. Notice it and see if you can put words to it and name it. Yeah. And when you're doing that, what I would also add is to try to be away from that person or whatever right. that is, sure. right? So find yeah. a safe space. Don't try to do it while you're while you're sitting there with them. Because I mean, honestly, I have. I've been like, is this mine or is this theirs? And and it, you really can't feel into it at that point because you're so you're still in that mode of being around them. And that's why I say it because I've tried in the in the moment with them mm-hmm. to do that. And it, it just doesn't work. So if you can find a safe space, so maybe you're driving down the road or you're taking a shower, or you're doing something that you're away from that individual. And then just try to take some moments and it doesn't have to be forever, but a few moments to just kind of feel like, okay, what's going on? And to have that, what I call the inner scientist or the, uh, 
the objective observer and trying to kind of break it down that way. But again, being really compassionate with yourself, as Kimberly and I both have said, because it's not an easy process. I mean, this took me many years to go through. Um, but once you're aware of it, I've noticed, at least for me, like it can come a little easier. So once you start to develop some awareness of it, you might also notice too, that then you're noticing more things. So allow that to happen. It's okay. And just try to be in that moment as you're noticing more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and never, um, try to stop a defensive behavior when you're in a chaotic relationship, when you're in danger, you've got to use the tools that you have as you gain access to more tools. So like as a trauma therapist, I'm not helping somebody resolve trauma if they're in a trauma situation. We've got to get them out of the dangerous situation and then we can work on the past stuff. But first and foremost, learn how to regulate. When you feel charged up or upset, we want to regulate so that you feel calm. We have a lot of tools for you in this podcast with different episodes where we talk about how to regulate. But my suggestion would be if you're currently in a dangerous, toxic situation, then it's not the time necessarily to try to fix the boundaries you want and, and, and to stop the defensive patterns because you need access to your ability to defend yourself, but you might need healthier tools to defend yourself. So if it's, it's a current toxic situation, we don't want to try to stop the defensive patterns. However, if you recognize that you're in a toxic situation and you don't have the skills, then work with somebody. Don't try to do this yourself. We right. all need help to get out of these really toxic situations. And so we have a lot of resources for our listeners, of course. Um, but don't try to do this alone. We all need help in learning boundaries. And if we didn't get healthy boundaries as a kid from our adults or caregivers, we're going to need to find healthy friends and trusted colleagues or coaches or therapists to help you master these healthy boundaries. Right. And remember, it's not your fault that you don't have these skill sets. You were never taught them. How are you supposed to learn them? So try to avoid going into shame or blame, self-blame or uh, any of those kinds of things because you didn't have the skill sets, right? You can't cook pasta if nobody ever taught you how to get out a pan, how to fill the pan with water, how much water to put in, how to put the pan on and how to boil it on the stove, and then how much pasta to put in and how long to cook it. If you never learn, this is a similar kind of thing. These are skills that you learn in life. And um, it's a very intricate type of skill to be able to have boundaries and to learn boundaries. And I know for me, it's boundaries are probably one of the more challenging, if not most challenging things that I have learned going through my process. And I continue to work on them endlessly. So give yourself a break and uh, it will be okay. Awareness is the key. 
Yeah. Well said. Well, thank you all very much for joining us today. And next week, we're going to talk more about boundaries in relationships. So thank you very much. As always, we are very, very fortunate and blessed and honored to be a part of your healing journey. Take care, everyone.